Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now, in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles, they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show 
that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, 
saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside, California class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Isaiah, the 61st chapter. And that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Thank you, Dave. Good afternoon and evening to everyone. Let us all take a moment, bow our hearts and our minds unto our Heavenly Father, Yahweh who again, once again, has seen fit to bring us all together in the name of our Savior, Yahshua. We just want to take this opportunity to thank you, Yahweh, for taking us out of the world and bringing us to a place where we can hear the unadulterated truth and giving us this great opportunity to know you and we just appreciate the fact that you have taken us out of this darkness that we were in and opened up our hearts and our minds unto the truth. We're grateful for that. We're grateful, Yahweh, that you have shown yourself unto us and given us assurance that you are real. We just ask you to continue to strengthen us because we're living in some very difficult times, and we ask you to give us the strength that it takes, along with the other attributes, to uh, make it through this, these hard times. We ask you to cause us to really appreciate and understand your divine ever-presence, and cause us to not be afraid, but to Take a good look within and hope that you are directing our paths and showing us what we need to know before the revelation of Yahshua the Messiah from heaven. Again, Yahweh, thank you very much for all that you have done for each and every one of us. In the name of Yahshua the Messiah, I offer this prayer and let us all say. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. Tonight I'll be reading Isaiah the 61st chapter from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association Incorporated in College Park, Maryland. Isaiah 61. The spirit of Yah Yahweh is upon me because Yahweh hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim Yahweh's year of release, the day of vengeance of our Elohim, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, 
the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of Yahweh, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes and shall raise up the formal desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priest of Yahweh. Men shall call you the ministers of Elohim. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and to their glory shall ye succeed. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double, everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, Yahweh, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seeds which Yahweh hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My soul shall be joyful in my Elohim, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself as a priest and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so Yah Yahweh will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Isaiah 61. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Bruce Geller. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside, California class and Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse, New York class. And speakers, please be advised. There'll be a five-minute sign that appears on your screen. Please acknowledge when you've seen the sign. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Karen Gagno from our Madison, Wisconsin class. You're on. You're on. Good evening or good afternoon. Good evening. Um, well, it's always a pleasure to be here um, and to know anything about my Heavenly Father. Um, I know that that's where my peace and my comfort is only and not in this flesh. Um, we, we come together to support one another and to um, share what has been revealed unto us. Um, 
I don't know. I just been kind of thinking we all came from Florida or not all of us, but many of us and some of us got sick, but I will say it was totally worth it. <laughs> it was such a wonderful gathering and you just felt that unity in the spirit and that, you know, everybody was just knit together in love of this gospel in of Yashua in truth. Um, and I don't know, I was just thinking about, um, there were just, just really so many beautiful things brought out, but the one thing that actually, um, I've been thinking about somebody had talked about, we listened to somebody the other day talking about, um, how we know the way that we go into that new heaven and that new earth state. And we look at the Moses chart and the children of Israel, because that is, um, you know, they, they went from bondage and we are in bondage to this flesh and they had to go a certain way to get into, um, out of that, bondage and into the holy place in the where they could learn about um Yahweh and he took care of them he clothed them he fed them and um and eventually brought them into heaven or Canaan's land so i was just um i was just kind of thinking about um can we get Exodus, the 12th chapter, where yeah. that takes place, please? Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm not going to be here long, but I just want to just share this one thing that has um, um, just really made me see how um is just a witness for me about going, being a part of the body of Yahshua, the Messiah. So, um, um, <clears throat> I guess I should get it too. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. Um, Tell me where you want to start. I'm not sure. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> Do you know, Sharon? Um, actually, really, all oh. I want is, you know, this exodus is that is the story of the Passover, right? And how um, the children of Israel, the steps that they had to take about taking out a lamb and mm -hmm. the ale of the first year and um, the whole assembly had to kill it in the evening, you know, and um and about striking the blood on the the doorposts and um but what i want is um what i really want is nine so but pick it up at um eight please okay exodus 12 8 and they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened bread 
Okay, and so with this is after they've already taken the lamb and um and dressed it and now they're they're eating it roast with fire. Go ahead. Uh roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Mm-hmm. Eat not of it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roast with fire, its head with his legs and with the inward parts thereof. Okay. Um so in in my King James version of the Bible, it says the pertinence thereof. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I eat chicken, I don't ever eat that all that <laughs> gizzards and <laughs> all that yeah. stuff. But here, they eat the lamb and they eat the pertinence, including the pertinence thereof. So can someone look up pertin pertinence? Because um, I didn't know what that meant. All right. I'm looking. Pertinent or pertinence? Pertinence. So, yeah, I just got something out of, I think it was Webster's online dictionary. Uh, I have that which pertains or belongs to something, the heart, liver, and lungs of an animal. Right. So, so not only, so what is this lamb, right? Isn't Yahshua the lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, this is a, a representation of Yahshua, the Messiah, right? So you're, you're, you're eating of that flesh, but you're also eating the liver, the heart, and the lungs. Mm -hmm. So you're having, you have that lamb. So then they ate up, they went through and they followed all those rules, right? To get up out of, to not have the firstborn killed in their household, right? And then they got up out of Egypt and went three days to the Red Sea, right? And then Pharaoh was following after them. So now you ate of that lamb, including the heart, the lungs, and the liver. And by, the, by that three days, all those nutrients are through your system and you are essentially that lamb and that is what goes to and through that red sea up out of bondage and into freedom or that new land so that is what is going and it's not we're not saving ourselves we have to be that lamb and that is what is is um what we It's not ourselves. So why don't we get, um, where is, 
Um, Yahshua in you, your only hope of glory. Where is that one? Colossians 1, 26, 27. Yeah. yeah. Colossians 1 and 26. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons, to whom Yahweh would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Yahshua in you, the hope of glory. Okay. Um, okay, can you, Sharon, could you read that again? I'm sorry, I just found it. Sure. Colossians 1, 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his sons. Okay, so what is that mystery? You know, it's everybody's always trying to figure out why, how to have eternal life, right? Mm -hmm. um, they want to have salvation, and that's Yahshua, right? Is Yahweh's salvation or Yahweh's commitment to our salvation? Mm -hmm. And um, so we need. So why don't we get John? Uh, 17 and 3 and then stay here Sharon please John 17 3 and this and this is life eternal that they might know thee so here's the Yoshua. he's saying he's letting you know right now that you know they're all talking about what can we do about the works to to please the father or what can we do and he's like well this is what you do, this is eternal life. Go ahead. That they might know thee, the only true Yahweh, our Elohim, and Yahshua the Messiah, whom thou hast sent. All right. So we, so that mystery is being revealed to his sons now. And that is to know your creator, to know Yahshua. And so we see back in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they are... Um, you know, they're living in Egypt in bondage for hundreds of years. They look like Egyptians. They look like the world. They are stuck in that world of, of making bricks and, and, you know, serving the God of their world, which was Pharaoh. And we, and so how did they get out of that serving that physical flesh that and then finding their liberation and that was to become the lamb right and to um and to have that spirit and that mind of that lamb as well right they had to have that pertinence so um so they had to become that lamb they were egyptian looked mm -hmm looked like Egyptians, but they really were that lamb and they had that spirit and that mind of that lamb. And that's what allowed them to go through that Red Sea, five abreast in order, right? They were all of that same mind. They, it wasn't a chaotic, crazy, ah, oh, get me out of here. You know, there we were being chased by all these chariots and horses. They were of that same heart and mind and they walked 
in order five abreast through that Red Sea mm -hmm. unto freedom or liberation or to a new land that change right so um so that eternal life is to know yashua so we see how yashua was you know first we learn about his name and how you know that tabernacle was his description he's the door he's the bread of life he's the light of the world we're seeing that description of the the that salvation for the children of Israel back there and that is the description or for our salvation now you become that you are that lamb you we are of one mind and one spirit um in truth and so um Sharon I guess here and then where is that let this mind oh it's in Colossians 2 Oh, no, that's not it. Never mind. That's Philippians. Philippians. Okay. So Six, okay. You, want, you want me to finish Colossians? Sure. 27. To whom Yahweh would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, okay, which so is. It's the riches. It's richness and glory. Right. right. He's making known unto us what the true riches and glory is and what is that which is yashua in you the hope of glory okay which is yashua in you and i have written on here your only hope of glory right, right. and we get that in acts um the fourth chapter where it talks about um in the name of yashua mm -hmm. Uh, why don't we just get that? I just love that one too. It's four and okay, five, X, Sorry, you guys. I just go all over. Okay. Um, X four. X four and maybe ten. Or nine. I'm going to do nine. You go. If, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man. By okay. what means he is made whole. Great. So uh, Peter and John, they came um, to the temple and there was a man that was, um, that couldn't walk. He was crippled for 40 years. And every day those men, those high priests walked by him and everybody in Israel walked by him and nobody healed him. But now these fishermen walk by and they're like, well, we don't have money, but in the name of Yahshua the Messiah, get up and walk. And he got up and walked, and everybody of Israel saw that. Yeah. So now the high priests, they're like, hey, you can't do that. You're <laughs> you're gonna, um, you know, now everybody's gonna want to just say the name of Yahshua and not give us money, right? So they they arrested them, and now they're in court, so to speak. And so the high priests are saying, you know, by what power, by what name have you done this in seven? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. All right. So now go ahead. Okay. Uh, if this, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, okay. be it known. So Peter's saying, listen, if you're going to examine us by 
how we healed this man. Go ahead. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Yahshua the Messiah of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom yeah. Yahweh raised from the dead. So by even the by name, so they knew that there was power mm -hmm. in the name. That's mm -hmm. why they've hidden it. They've uh. hidden it back there and they're hiding it to this day. Or just saying it is of no value. Oh, it's just, you know. He doesn't care. What yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care. Well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing was to declare his name or his father's name. And Yahshua is declaring his father's name and his commitment to salvation. Right? Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Um, Sorry. That's okay. By the name of Yahshua, the Messiah of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom Yahweh raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. All right. This is, so remember, this is, they crucified. He's like, listen, by the name of Yahshua, whom you crucified, remember? You guys killed him because he was declaring his father's name. And now it's even more powerful, and it's showing how it can heal a man physically, but really it's that eternal life, all right? And that's why that man is... You, you guys killed Yahshua, but he's still more powerful than ever. Go ahead. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, mm -hmm. which has become the head of the corner. Yep, and they're stumbling over that stone. Go ahead. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's none, uh, not one name. The name of the Lamb is Yahshua, and that is the only name whereby we must be saved, whereby we there's only any chance of salvation. And that's where we get in um, back in Colossians about Yahshua in you, your only hope of glory. And so the children of Israel had that lamb, that heart and that mind of that lamb. And they were essentially that lamb. And that's what brought them up out of bondage and that is that lamb is what will bring us up out of bondage and and have us in heaven now this night mm -hmm. our comfort and our peace this night mm -hmm. and um until that universal revelation when we all are of one body and one mind together that yashua clothed in yashua um, I think that was in the scripture reading about being clothed. Mm -hmm. It was towards the end, I think. Right? What were we? Oh, guys? Yeah? Oh, verse 10. Mm -hmm. 61, 10. Okay. 61 and 10. I will greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My soul shall be joyful in my Elohim, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. All right. So he, we can rejoice and be joyful in our soul, being clothed in Yahshua. We inside and out, we are clothed in him. It's not just a outward thing. Go ahead. He hath clothed me with the robe of righteousness. 
as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adored herself with her jewels. So back in um um uh Genesis with Adam and Eve, right? So they were in the Garden of Eden. Right. And they were and that was heaven, right? But then all of a sudden Eve eats of the fruit and so Adam her husband ate as well because he's got to protect his wife and now they were naked right they knew that they were naked they now they did not know um you know that that peace and that joy of walking with Elohim now they were stuck on the flesh they were knew yeah. they were naked and they took fig leaves and they fashioned clothing for themselves. Right. And so now they're stuck on that flesh. That's all they can concentrate on, right? And um, so if um, uh, Proverbs, where there is no vision, is that 29? And 18. Proverbs 29 oh. and... 18. Yeah. Where there is no vision, the people perish. All right. And but, then do you have a, a Strong's for perish? Uh, I do not. I don't. Diane's getting it. I have it somewhere, but I, I'm not even. In I have. I have to expose, to loosen, to dismiss, to absolve. To avenge, avoid, uh, to bear, go back, let, make naked, set at naught. So make naked, that is also in my margin of the translators for parish, is where there is no vision, the people perish or the people are made naked. So, so now Adam and Eve, they ate of the fruit they so now they had no vision and they knew they were naked and um so so we want to so what happens we need to be clothed in yashua or we need that lamb what what are you doing what genesis three mm -hmm. yeah. oh Clothing. yeah yeah uh, Reba just said in Genesis 321. 321 that Yahweh clothed them in coats of skin. Coats of skin. So so Yahweh's always clothing us right. and right. taking care of us. And um so let's see, go back to the um Isaiah and then go to um is it Galatians, the breastplate. Uh, Ephesians 6. Ephesians, thank you, Sasha. So go you back want... to Isaiah quick, just the clothe. Verse 10. Isaiah 61 and 10. Thank you, Sharon. I will greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My soul shall be joyful in my Elohim, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. 
All right. So he clothed Adam and Eve there after, and now, and he's, um, Isaiah's t talking about being clothed with the garments of salvation. Go mm. ahead. He had clothed me with the robe of righteousness mm -hmm. as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adoreth herself with her jewels. All right. So we are that bride of Yahshua, right? And um, so how do we get adorned? We have to be that lamb, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we be that lamb now? So uh, go to Galatians and then I'll be done. What? Ephesians. Ephesians. I keep saying Galatians. I'm sorry. Ephesians, <laughs> Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in Yahshua and in the power of his might. Right. Put on the whole armor of Yahweh that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All right. That this, the God of this world, we cannot do it on our own. We need that whole armor of Yahweh to be strong and, and have that power. Go ahead. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All right. And those high places, where is that? That's in our mind, right? Mm -hmm. For us now, because Satan wants to cause us to doubt that Yahweh is salvation or Yahshua. He wants a, that he's not able, like the children of Israel. Well, we're not able to take that the giants in the land, mm -hmm. and um, and Yash, you know those spies. The two spies said no. Yahweh said we can take it, and the other ones were like, no, no, it's just too much. And so those giants in the land, if you look up all those tribes, their names. Um, mean like doubt and and terror and and um you know different things well that's that can't be they had to take those tribes and cast them out so yashua is able to put all things death hell and the grave under his feet and when we are that lamb we have to get rid of those tribes out of our mind out of our heavenly place so we can't have doubt we can't have pride we can't have um all those things so yashua so we're not fighting against flesh and blood we're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places go ahead 13 wherefore take unto you the whole armor of yahweh Mm -hmm. That ye may be so they ate not only that lamb, but they the inward parts as well, the whole lamb they consumed, right? So take on that whole armor that'll keep us strong. And Yahshua, go ahead. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, mm -hmm. and having done all to stand. Yeah, stand therefore. Come all is what having done all in my margin is saying to overcome all we can overcome it all you guys mm -hmm. we can we can do that with yashua in us our only hope of glory we can overcome it all mm -hmm. all go ahead stand therefore 
having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. All right. Our loins are girt with truth. Our breastplate is righteousness. This is the description of the clothes of uh, that Isaiah was talking about to be joyful and being clothed in salvation. So our clothes are truth, righteousness. Go ahead. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All right. And the got and a strong foundation, our feet are in that strong foundation of this gospel of peace. Go ahead. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which ye be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All right. And we have that faith because we've seen uh, Yahshua over. I see it. Thank you. We've seen Yahshua overcome it over and over again. The, those tribes up in Canaan's land. We've seen him work in our daily lives. So that faith is substance. It's something solid that we see in our lives daily and it quenches those fiery darts of the devil or the wicked go ahead and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit which is the word of Yahweh all right so then that helmet of salvation and what did that high priest have uh that mitre across his forehead down there in the children of Israel and is in each or the wilderness he had Yahshua, right? Holiness and Yahweh. Yep. Holy. He had Yahshua's name pressed right in his forehead, that helmet of salvation. And we're concerning his promises. And we can hold him to that promise and stand strong in that. So thank you for the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Gagno. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Sharon Welch from our Syracuse, New York class. And I will help read in when Sharon's on the floor. Oh, thank you. Um, I enjoyed that very much. So a lot of principles were laid down. Uh, well, I guess we'll go to when, when in doubt, always go to the scripture reading. We'll go there. Isaiah 61 and 1. The spirit of Yahweh our Elohim is upon me. So that's exactly, I'm sorry. It's exactly what Karen was working with. Is that spirit of Yahweh is upon me, and what is that? What's upon what? What is that spirit of Yahweh? You know that that is that Holy Spirit which was in that cloud. See that followed them. Um, this is Isaiah. See it was upon them. Through the wilderness of Sinai in that old covenant, it was upon them. Uh, because why? Because Yahweh has anointed Isaiah to preach good tidings of, unto the meek. 
And that's exactly what has he done for us down here um, at, at the end of this age. <clears throat> See, and it's not upon us anymore, but it is in us, as Karen uh, was saying, <clears throat> and how that that is our only, only hope of glory is having Yahshua in us. So what I'm just going to try and recap and go go back and uh, try to uh, run this a little bit um, and show you how this is all happening or how it has happened uh, down through uh, the ages and dispensations. Because, you know, people just don't understand, you know, how this is all working. You know, they have... They have God up in the in the clouds or or in the heavens or, you know, they look up to pray and to look up into the skies to uh, look at look for God, you know, and they don't understand uh, where He is, you know. They go into a building to uh, pray to God. No, uh, or or other people may, you know, look into the creation, you know, not realizing that he has marked his creation, you know, with his name, you know, and and they don't understand, you know, where he is, you know, they're looking for him on the outside, and they don't even know that he's right within. So, let me um. Take a few minutes to uh, to run this down a little bit here with the with the old and new covenant because back here with Isaiah, see when he's talking about the spirit of Yahweh is upon me because Yahweh has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. See and Isaiah is a prophet, okay. So you have, first of all, the meek um, didn't Yahweh call Moses uh, meek? We go back to, you know, Moses being a, a meek uh, man, uh, meekest man of the earth. Is that in uh, Hebrews where he calls Moses meek? Not here. Numbers 12, 3 to 5? Yeah, numbers 1 and 3. 3 to 5. Thank you. Almost there. Okay, where are you? Mm -hmm. 12. 12, 3. Okay. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men who were upon the face of the earth. There you go. So Moses uh, was no, noted to be meek of all that are upon the earth. So, <laughs> excuse me, uh, the spirit of Yahweh is upon me because Yahweh has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. So the good tidings, you know, we uh, can search that as being what, uh, but the gospel. So what kind of gospel was Isaiah 
um, really preaching at that time. See, and that, and that, what he, what he was preaching, he said, he had set me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prisons to them that are bound. Now, <clears throat> he's a prophet, right? Isaiah is a prophet. So this is a prophecy. See, this is what's going to happen. Uh, and you know that it didn't happen uh, back here with the old. I'm sorry, I got to get a drink. I got something to my throat. So if I can have the old and new covenant chart. <laughs> because back in the old covenant, see that spirit of Yahweh, or Yahshua, the Holy Spirit, see, as as the old covenant was, whoop, whoop. All right. The Old Covenant, the Old Testament, see, was natural. It was physical. It was temporary. And it wasn't permanent in these in these prophets <clears throat> as was these these the this law or those ordinances. The Holy Spirit back in the law, you know, was in and out of these prophets. And it was in them to perform the purpose of Yahweh as, you know, it came down through the law and the prophets. <clears throat> so they had to prophesy of what was to come. And the only way that they can do that is as if they had the Holy Spirit in them. So Isaiah and... Uh, Jeremiah and all of the prophets, see, they prophesied and that spirit had to be in them in order to do that. And that's the same thing that happened to Dr. Kinley. See, that spirit of, of the Holy Spirit had to be in him in order to um, prophesy. And he he made a lot of predictions and he says it on the, on tape all the time on how, uh, how many predictions he's made and has come to pass. And it's just to prove that Yahweh sent him. See, it wasn't to put him up on a pedestal and, and that we should worship him. It was to prove that Yahweh sent him. And that's the same thing that happened back in the, in the prophets for them to, you know, perform a prophet a prophecy was just to prove not that they were so great, but everything that had happened right from the beginning of time, see, was just to prove that Yahweh is real and that, <clears throat> you know, Yahweh has sent them and whatever was going on was because it showed forth Yahweh not the person that is preaching the good tidings. See, the good tidings is what's, uh, or the gospel is what uh, binds up the brokenhearted, uh, proclaims liberty to the captives, and, and it's what opens up the prison to them that are bound. See, that's what 
the gospel does to us now. That's what's happening to us now when we come down here into this new covenant and with the blood of Yahshua, the Messiah. See, it, it can't happen permanently until this happens, this Yahshua, the Messiah, sheds its blood. See, and that righteous blood is what is needed in order to bring into this new covenant See, and then that is when this happens, is what we're reading in Isaiah here. And that's when it happens permanently under this new covenant. But none of this is happening until Yahshua, see, fulfills this old covenant and brings it into reality. So... Um, let me get some scriptures to back this up, which would be Jeremiah 31, 31. And I know that we've, you know, you've heard this over and over again, but, you know, repetition is how we learn. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So, excuse me, Dave, but see, now this is Jeremiah, and what is he doing? Is he prophesying? And this is, behold, the days come. See, he's saying this is going to happen down the road. The days come is when after Yahshua has uh, uh, death, he died, and he's buried, and he resurrects, resurrects after those days. And this is a prophecy. After those days, saith Yahweh, and Dr. Kinley is, when he quotes this, he's so funny. You know, he always says, who said that? You know, did Jeremiah say that? You know, did I say that? He says, no, Yahweh says this. This is what Yahweh is saying. Jeremiah's not saying this. Thus saith Yahweh. So pick it up again from the beginning, Dave, please. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh. Saith Yahweh. See, keep going. That I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Right. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. In the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Now, when he took them by the hand and lent bring him out of the land of Egypt. When is that? That's with Moses back in the law. See, when he took them out of the land of Egypt, which they were in bondage. So that's a death. See, and he brought them through the Red Sea. That's a burial. So you're looking at a death and you're looking at a burial. Okay, so not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. Pick it up there. In the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Right. With my covenant they break, although right. I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh. Right. And didn't we have it read here where he, uh, uh, he's going to clothe you with garments? See, it's a prophecy as a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments and the bride adoreth herself with her jewels. 
See, because he's the husband. All right, keep going. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh. Now, this is going to be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And he's saying again, after these those days, saith Yahweh, this is the covenant. I will, put, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. See, it's not going to be upon them anymore as it was in as they were uh, traveling through the land of Egypt where that cloud was upon them all the time. They were through the Red Sea or in the wilderness of Sinai. Now it's going to be in them, in your heart, and in your mind. That's where your salvation is, is that Holy Spirit put within you, in your heart, and in your mind. And they shall, and how does it say it? And and, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know Yahweh, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Yahweh. Right. Okay. Um, pick it up there again where the new, new covenant, what's the new covenant going to be? Uh, verse 33, I shall make. Yep. But this covenant, this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh, I right. will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. I will be the Elohim and they shall be my people. And you know what? He's going to write it in your heart. You know, and they think that... Uh, that you know the new covenant is written in 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 a in a book or you know on paper it's not it's written in your heart and in your mind and who's going to write it in there but Yahweh you know with the finger of Yahweh just like back with Moses there's an example if we can go to the Moses chart there's a witness there that you know, the first uh, time that Moses went up the mount <clears throat> with the uh, uh, ten, uh, ten Commandment Law. See, he went up there with the Ten Commandment Law written on stone, right? And that, of course, that's typifying the Old Covenant, right? But he went up there. And when he came back down with the law, just to, to see the, of the people, to tell the people what Yahweh told them to do, he saw that they uh, made this golden calf and he threw down the law. So that's the first covenant that he threw down that, those, that table of stone and it broke. So you see that there's a witness that the first covenant or the first law was broken so then Yahweh says <clears throat> you hew out another set of stone Moses had to do that and he said and you 
you show it to me, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write the the commandments in there. Let's get it. I'm really messing it up. It's in Exodus, probably. I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm sure. Exodus. Somebody can find that. Oh, boy. Um. Anyone know? 34. 34? Yes. Thank you. Starting at 1? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. And, yes. And Yahweh Elohim said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first. Right, like unto the first. So the He's going to hew uh, the the two tables of stone, and you know that it was, you know, he says two, but it was one one piece, and we know that it was shaped as a heart. So the two tables of stone, like unto the first, it's got to be exactly the same shape. Okay, go ahead. And I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou didst break. So Yahweh's gonna write write it write the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. So Yahweh's going to write in there. Go ahead. Let's read and it. be and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither, mm -hmm. let, the, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. Mm -hmm. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai, as Yahweh Elohim had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. Right. And Yahweh Elohim descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh Elohim passed by before him and proclaimed, Yahweh Elohim, uh, Yahweh Elohim, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Okay. Where are you? I'm on getting ready to go on eight. Okay. Go down to 10. And he said, behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such mm -hmm. as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation and all the people among whom thou art shall see the work of Yahweh, for it is an awe-inspiring thing that I will do with thee. Well. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their idols. I'm looking for where he tells them to uh, put it Bring it down. 
and put it in the uh, 29? Maybe, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 20, try 29. Okay. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Mm -hmm. And keep going. Yeah, that's when he had his face shone. Uh -huh. He had a revelation. Okay, where is it where those stones were put into the ark? I'm looking I'm for really, that. really working, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we can you can search that out yourself because I know that those those stones were the ones that were that was put uh, into the five thirty one twenty six. Thank you. Oh, 31, 31 26. Huh. Okay, almost there. Oh. Uh, 30, wait, 31. I don't have a 20. Do I? No, I don't have a 31, 26. I don't think. Exodus 31. No. It was Deuteronomy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Thirty-one twenty-six. Does it? This is a good point because this is the point I'm trying to make here. Yes. Mm, no. Okay, that's the book of the law. That's the book. Okay, Exodus twenty-five sixteen. Thank you for trying, Reba. Twenty-five sixteen, uh, and thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. Twenty-five sixteen of Exodus, and All thou right. shalt All right, we're not going to take the time. My point is, is that 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 set of stone <clears throat> was what was put into the ark. The tabernacle wasn't <clears throat> wasn't uh, constructed yet, but I believe that he uh, instructed Moses to put it into the tent of the congregation. Mm. And I don't know if we can find that, but I know I've I know it's in there somewhere. But that was preserved into the tent of the congregation, and then it was put into the um, <clears throat> the Ark of the Covenant, Deuteronomy ten and two, stone put in Ark. It could be that. It could be that, Lionel. Thanks. It's an Deuteronomy. important point. Yes. And in two, and I will write oh, on it, honey. Pick it up at one, please. Sure. At that time, Yahweh Elohim said unto me, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mount, and make thee an ark of wood. And I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou didst break, and thou shalt put them in the ark. There you go. 
So that's those two tape. The second table of stone was put into the Ark of the Covenant, which shows forth the New Testament was written in with the hand of Yahweh, and that shows forth the New Testament being permanent, written in your heart and mind. And that is Yahweh, uh, the Holy Spirit, is what is writing that law or spirit law right within you. Um, so that is a witness for that. Now, there's another witness <clears throat> with Yahshua. I'm going to work you again. And I believe it's in uh, uh, John uh, where he uh, writes with his finger in the, in the sand. He's got something else here. Yeah. 31. John chapter 8. John what, Sasha? Chapter, chapter 8. Thank you. And I believe it's 8 and 1. John 8 and 1. Yahshua went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. Now they're, they're quoting the law. Really? I mean, and of course, this is still under uh, the law of Moses, because it does, you can pick up that, you know, Yahshua was um, born under the law. So we're, he's, we're still under the Mosaic law at this time, because Yahshua has not yet um, died and brought in the new covenant. Okay. So they're trying to, they're trying to trick him. See, they were always trying to get him, you know, on something to mess him up. Okay, so this is what they're trying to do here. Now, Moses okay. in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have uh, to accuse him. But Yahshua stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So he's stooped down and wrote on the ground. So what is that ground made out of? They're in a desert and it's sand. So back here in the law or in the wilderness of Sinai, weren't they in a desert and wasn't there uh, sand? So that stone that uh, he hewed out would have been some sort of sandstone. You see what I mean? So he's writing his with his finger as Yahweh wrote with his finger in the stone. See of the of the the Ten Commandment law. So he wrote, stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard him not. He's like. 
trying to, you know, not, not even paying attention to them, okay? Which probably irritated them even more. Okay, go ahead. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. I, I just love it, you know. The wisdom that he had is just amazing. So he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And I can just imagine, you know, the scene there that everybody would just flee, you know. It's, you know, it's like, okay, who's going to do that, you know? <laughs> and then what happened again? What happened after that? And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. So why would he again stoop down and write on the ground? Well, because he's fulfilling Moses, see, writing second time having that law or the Ten Commandments being written in sandstone. You see how this is working? It's just totally amazing how Yahweh works. And so what happens after that? Go ahead. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Yahshua was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. So they just like, hey, let's get out of here. <laughs> they just like all left, you know, and Yahshua just told the woman, you know, just, just leave, you know. Um, if no man condemns you, then neither am I. So, you know, he's, it's just a witness, you know, he's just fulfilling, you know, and that new covenant he is written in your heart and in your mind. And that is what that new covenant is all about. And that's what Karen, you know, was ending up with is that, you know, Colossians one twenty six, you know, even the mystery, which has been hid from generations. See, it was, it's a mystery that has been hid all the way down through, you know, the law and the prophets. They didn't know nothing about it. Obviously, you know, the scribes and Pharisees, they, they knew nothing about it. You know, think about it. Even Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had no clue until it was revealed to them on the day of Pentecost, what this mystery was all about. You know, they were, they were so confused on the things that Yahshua did as he was walking around in the flesh with them. You know, they always questioned him. It's like, you know, what, why are you speaking parables? You know, why are you talking to us that way? And why, why, why this and why that? You know, they did not, you know, have the revelation until the day of Pentecost is when he, Yahshua, actually wrote that spirit law right within their heart and mind. There you go. 
You know, that's when that happened. See, on the day of Pentecost, when they were in that upper room, and then they had that revelation of, oh, that's why he did that. And that's why that happened. And that's why, you know, and that's how we are. We come down here and say, oh, my goodness, that's what that's why that all happened. And, oh, that quote in the Bible, it's like, oh, that's that's amazing, you know. And we have all of these uh, revelations, you know, and we still get them even after we've been in this school for so many years, you know, and it's just a joy. Yes, I see that. Thank you. I'm almost done. I'm winding down. So <clears throat> to me, just knowing um, how this new covenant works and seeing and believing and knowing this mystery you know, which is our only hope of glory is to know that Yahshua, you know, is not up in the sky, you know, is not in the churches. And that is just written in our hearts and our minds is just a true blessing. And like the prayer said, you know, it's just the only thing that's, allowing us to travel through this earth plane with all the trials and tribulations and the evil in the world and the devastation from, you know, the fires above in Canada and the fires beneath us and the corals and the fires in California and the hurricanes and the, you know... I mean, just think about it. I mean, this whole creation is just a mess. And if it wasn't for the knowledge and the revelation that we have Yahshua in us, it's just a blessing that we can walk through this creation um, and, and in peace and righteousness. And that's what Isaiah was saying and how that we are clothed in that righteousness and how what we're clothed in is those attributes, which is his spirit. See, that was put, that's what's clothing us is his Holy Spirit and that spirit of truth and that spirit, you know, of, of wisdom and understanding and love. That's what's clothing us, and that's what's allowing us to walk through this creation. So with all that, uh, I hope that you've got something out of that. Um, I tried my best, and I gave you what Yashua put in me um, to give. So all praise to Yashua. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Welch. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the president of our Oceanside, California class, Dr. Carl Emler. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, good, evening. good evening. Let me uh, try to paint a picture that was painted in my head. Um, 
which is always a scary area to approach. But um, I had been meditating on uh, darkness. Um, when I worked in the lab in the VA hospital in Madison, Wisconsin, we had a dark room um, attached to the lab because we had to uh, develop a lot of uh, film that was exposed to experimental uh, procedures we were making. And that film would let us know something about the experiment. But so we had this dark room and it was very small. Uh, it had a circular door that you would stand in like beam me up uh, Scotty and it would um, close and as it closed to the room outdoors where the lab is it opened into the dark room and the dark room was such that uh, it was completely sealed no light could get in and of course there was a red light to be able to work in that space but if you turn the red light off <clears throat> that room was completely dark and i've talked about this before uh, i went into this room and i um, turned off the red light and i stood there silent <clears throat> for about 15 minutes 10 or 15 minutes without moving or doing anything just perceiving my environment and the reason why I did it for 10 or 15 minutes is one thing that we're not really aware of is that the retina in our eye re retains um, past impressions of, of light images that it uh, transmits to the cerebellum. Uh, and so there's some latent light in your eye as soon as you turn the lights off in your bedroom. And you're pretty much aware of that. Uh, and sometimes you, it even looks like there's a bright spot or something because now you're focusing on uh, what's going on in the back of your eye and not all the images that you see in the bedroom and stuff when the lights are on. Now the only light that is being transmitted is light that has already been shown. So you got to get rid of that light <clears throat> in order to do to have this experience. And the experience that I'm talking about is such that uh, you are in a situation where it is so dark that you cannot see your hand in front of your face, even if you bring it right up to your nose, even if you strain your eyes at it, knowing your hand is there. You can't even imagine making the outline of your fingers in this dark room after you've <clears throat> completely accumulated or uh, acclimated to the darkness. Now, normally we talk about our night eyes. And so we go and in our house, <clears throat> we go to bed, we turn off all the lights pretty much. And then in the middle of the night, you got to get up and go to the bathroom. And so you don't want to turn any lights on. But oddly enough, you can pretty much see where you want to go if there's just a small amount of light coming through windows and stuff. So you navigate your way. You already know the space, but you navigate your way and you can see what's going on. And so you can get around in that darkness because Yahweh has provided you with these uh, special uh, cones to be able to scrape up every bit of light that it can and give you the ability 
to move in darkness. Those are your night eyes. And in order for him to satisfy that, there's no color. He's not wasting anything on unnecessary vision. The necessary vision you have is to get around in the darkness. <clears throat> in this dark room, there's no hope of getting around in the darkness. There is no uh, light coming from a window, even the smallest amount to allow you to see what's going on any place, anywhere at all. And uh, I want to go to the 12th chapter of Revelation uh, uh, and start at seven. Revelation 12, seven. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceiveth the whole world. Now, 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 let's pay attention to this. Uh, and we talk about this all the time. There's nothing new here, obviously. But we're talking about this great dragon who was cast out of, uh, of heaven, that old serpent. And we understand why. Maybe we'll get into it in a moment. But uh, called the devil and Satan. And, he, and here's the important point, who deceives the whole world, all right? <clears throat> now, uh, read on. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, how many of those were there, uh, Linda? Innumerable. <laughs> well, at least a third of innumerable. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, what you had here is a great shadow, a great covering, uh, uh, an innumerable uh, number of deceivers or the bringing forth of darkness. And this is what uh, occurred in the earth. Now, let me have the elementary chart. All right. Uh, there's the hand. Go for it, Greg. Elementary chart. There we go. Uh, all right. I want to work a little bit with uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. This isn't the best elementary chart for this, but this will do. Um, uh yeah, you're gonna try there. Get where where are we on this? Give me there. All right. So yeah, this is this is a better elementary chart. Plate eleven uh and um plate twelve. We're gonna do plate eleven and plate twelve. Plate uh let's see. So this uh and I don't have time to do a whole lot of this, but this is talking about um uh adam uh from the mother mother earth and down here it says the body of adam from mother earth and then you have uh yashua breathed on his disciples and we so this is jumping ahead but what i want to deal with is adam here and jumping ahead is reasonable 
when we recognize that these principles flow all the way through these scriptures and uh and in fact are in uh uh the process of uh being played out right now in these last days uh and we are uh involved in the uh expression of these principles that were laid down back here in the law and the prophets and the principles are this with respect to the body of adam from the from mother earth or from the dust of the earth uh, uh let me uh, uh let me have genesis 1 1 i guess i wasn't going to do this but here i am and so i'm going to do this um let me have genesis 1 1 uh, and we're going to stay here for a moment and i'm just going to try to do some simple things with this i'm not going to try to go all over the place um so uh who's the reader genesis oh, 1 uh, genesis 1 1 in the beginning elohim created the heaven and the earth all right so now um uh i wish that i i can't do this i can't i'm going to do this by speaking because i can't have greg going all over the place but i need the ages and dispensations chart if we can get it um uh and there we go and I want to go right right there, creative age. So we're talking about the purpose of Yahweh. And, and this is the conversation that I had this afternoon, not what we're going to be talking about now, but this is from whence uh, I spoke, which is the ages and dispensations chart. And I told my niece that um, who was in for uh, the uh, funeral of her father, that um, that. In order to understand anything at all about something, uh, you need to know where you stand first. And I took her to the manifestation of being in a three-story mall and you want to get to a store and uh, you go up to the placard. And I said to her, I said, what's the first thing you see on this picture of all the stores? And she looked me in the eye and she goes, you are here. I said, exactly. I said, if that wasn't there, if that arrow was not there that says you are here, you would have been a lost ball in tall weeds. You would not have had any, I mean, zero idea of how to get where you wanted to go. Uh, you'd have to try to remember all the stores next to each other because you could see the store next to you. But then you would, by the time you get to the second floor, you're lost again. And there's still no sign with where you are. So my point is, that is, and, and this is the point that I made to her, as far as Christianity is concerned, Christianity has no idea where they stand in this place called the dispensations and ages. And so I tried to run a little dispensations and ages for her. And let me say this, everything I spoke to her was something that she had never, ever heard before, yet she had heard the story. She knew the name Abraham. She knew about Moses. She knew, you know, about uh, uh, Jesus or Yahshua. She knew the name Yahweh. And then I took her through the name Yahshua. But she knew about Abraham, but she had no idea about uh, the promise to Abraham. She just knew Abraham. She didn't know anything about a promise. She didn't know uh, the, the uh, Hagar. She knew the name Hagar. But she didn't have any understanding as to what the significance of, of Ishmael and Hagar were with respect to the operation of Yahweh's purpose uh, in uh, what's going on. And it's significant now because it's what's going on now. These dispensations and ages help us to understand the chaos 
that we're experiencing now. And so, and, and this whole conversation came from a conversation I had in my head that night, last night before I got up out of bed about uh, this Genesis 1-1 and this darkness. And uh, we'll get to it, but I want to talk a little bit about a lighthouse as well. Uh, you know what a lighthouse is. Uh, it stands out on a rock uh, away from shore as best as it can. And in storms, it pr produces light. We'll talk about that later. But in uh, uh, Genesis 1-1, it says that in the beginning, Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And this is this first creative age, the angelic creation and the physical creation. And now he goes about to explain something about the operation of these creations. Now read on a little bit. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, hold on. Let's take this little by little. The earth was without form. It was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. This darkness uh, is the darkness uh, that is attributed uh, to the substance that uh, Yahweh has uh, brought forth these creations from this darkness that is talked about here in the first verse of Genesis is not darkness related to uh, iniquity. It is not darkness uh, related in any way uh, to um, unrighteousness. This darkness is referring to the state of Yahweh in pure spirit. Yahweh in pure spirit is not without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep, in fact. But uh, to anything else in subsequent creation, this source, this darkness, this pure spirit, which is Yahweh, is imperceptible to uh, the creations that come forth, forth from that. There isn't the ability for uh, uh, these creations, the beings, the souls of these creations to see Yahweh. And we know that no man has seen Yahweh at any time. And the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared them. And we read, we repeat this all the time, and, and in fact, it's very valuable. But this idea that no man has seen Yahweh at any time, Dr. Kinley elaborates on this idea of the invisible uh, uh, aspect of pure spirit. And that invisible aspect of pure spirit is such that as far as an observer would be, Yahweh is so unperceivable that it's as though he doesn't even exist. You can't even get a hint of Yahweh, pure spirit, directly. Not a scratch, not an idea, not a thought, not even, uh, uh, oh, I caught that movement. There's nothing. There's no movement whatsoever. There's nothing to catch. 
And you know this, that predators, uh, dogs and all the rest of the things, when you're in the woods, they're not looking like you're looking for distinct things. They're looking for movement. And as soon as they see movement, their head snaps into that direction. And then they beginning to look for what that movement is. This state of Yahweh that is complete uh, uh, imperceptibility is a state of Yahweh in his Sabbath. You understand completely unmovable and it's and and it is totally imperceptible. And yet uh, Yahweh from this substance in this state can bring forth something that is perceptible. And this is what we read about in this first verse uh, of uh, of um uh, a Genesis. We're going to go back to it for a minute and reread it. And um, uh, 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 go ahead, read that again. I'm going to run out of all kinds of time, so I'm going to try to really edit this. Yeah, I've only got I've two. only got sixteen, seventeen minutes. Two. Go ahead. Verse Genesis two. one and one. Genesis one and one again. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of Yahweh moved upon the face of the waters. And Elohim said, let there be light, and there was light. And Elohim saw the light, that it was good, and Elohim divided the light from the darkness. All right, I'm going to rush through this, Sharon, so let me just take over here for a moment. So Yahweh is giving Moses a vision about the very beginning of the creation. And in this beginning of creation, it starts out in darkness and void and complete darkness. But from that darkness comes light. And we know this, that in Proverbs 8 and 20, that Yahweh uh, formulated the heavens and the earth and brought forth Yahweh Elohim. We also know that Yahweh is the creator of creators. And the creator who the creator of creators made is Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua. And he is the light of the world. Yahshua is the light of the world. And without that light, you are in that Stygian black darkness, that line down there in Egypt where uh, a Yahweh is, as it were, non-existent because they pray to the theory, concepts, and opinions in their mind, and they get no answers. And they excuse the fact that they get no answers by saying, well, uh, it's his will, so he let his will be done. Well, if that's the case, why are you ever bothering to pray? Uh, uh, you're just hoping to, to get the right one going and feel good about having a clean shot at it. And it's just not that way. This Yahweh that people pray to, uh, this God that Yahweh or that 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 people pray to is really a, a total figment of their imagination. And I worked with this in uh, 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 Florida, how uh, that uh, all of the Christian doctrine that we now have is the product of men getting together in a room someplace, whether it's 300 AD, 500 AD, whether it's uh, Catholics, whether it's Jews, whether it's Islam, whatever they are, these men get together and they read holy books and they decide amongst themselves what it means 
in that locked room and they need to turn around and come out of that room and tell the people, you must believe this. This is the truth according to the church. And I even had that read out of the catechism there in Florida. And so my point is that uh, we have been in a Stygian black darkness that this earth plane has been inundated and covered with the darkness when that mystery of iniquity was cast down with those innumerable angels and deceived the whole world, covered the minds of people uh, in the whole world and didn't leave them anything to be able to see. They were completely blind. Uh, uh, And you have the idea of the blind leading the blind. There was no way they could see anything at all about Yahweh. And so when we say that no man has seen Yahweh at any time, this is not a small thing. And if you talk to someone like I did today and see that in every state, that everything that you say, that they're recognizing they had never heard this before, but they knew the words because it had never been put together. The words had never been stopped on and explained and pointed out and then shown how that definition of those words is required to understand the next step. And then the next step is required by understanding those words into the next step. I ran blood, water, spirit. I ran uh, death, burial, and resurrection just in the tabernacle pattern and just in the abdominal area of the man to show this person these principles operating uh, in the world that men are completely blind about. And then I showed it in the birth of a child. And she was stunned that such uh, uh, correlations existed. And we didn't even get a chance to get everywhere with it. But my point is this darkness, we have been in the darkness that I described in that dark room with not a scrap of light. We walked into this class D-O-A, dead on arrival, in Stygian black darkness. And on the uh, uh, up on the floor uh, was Yahweh's lighthouse. And that was a uh, someone preaching this gospel who has the light of the world in there. The That is the housing of the light. That's the lighthouse. And if you know anything at all about a lighthouse, it's a long, tall thing. And in order to get up to the top of the lighthouse, you have to climb a circular stairway all the way up. And so, you know, Jacob uh, had this, didn't he have uh, a bit of a, a stairway, a circular stairway in heaven back there in Genesis, uh, uh, almost like if you would a uh, figure eight coming down there. And it is analogous to the DNA that you have in uh, your cell. Terry Welch made a statement in his presentation in uh, Florida about every cell in your body has the complete component of DNA that its neighbor cell does. That is to say, it has all uh, uh, 46 chromosomes, all 23 pair or 46 chromosomes. Every single, we're not talking about the sex cells. We're not getting into that. I'm talking about the somatic or the body cells. Every single heart cell has all of the information for the entire body. Every single lung cell has all of the information for the entire body, every single skin cell, et cetera. And I can just go on and on. And yet 
uh, in the skin cell, that information for the skin is the only thing that's expressed in the liver cell. That information for the liver is the only thing that expressed in the heart, the only thing that's cardiac tissue that is expressed. And yet the identity of the individual, because we do DNA testings to prove paternity testings, that's where your ID is, not in your face. You can have you can have your uh, um, face altered, but your DNA is your identity. And every cell in the body has the identical identity that identifies who you are. And that stuff, that identity, that is the spirit of Yahweh. And it is typified by that figure eight that uh, 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 I guess it was uh, Jacob saw uh, angels ascending and descending from the heavens on that. And you can work uh, the operation of uh, DNA into RNA uh, by virtue of the molecules that go up and down along that ladder, producing a message. And what is the message? That's the lighthouse. That's what comes down into the darkness of the cell and, and, and illuminates the purpose uh, of the cell by producing proteins through the ribosomes that will turn out to be structural proteins, things you can see, things that are active, things that really work from, from nothing comes something in a sense, because you can't look up into the DNA and see those structures and functions that, that come from there. I got about 10 minutes here. So, uh, but the point I'm trying to get at is this overcoming this darkness, uh, is, uh, what is required to overcome the Stygian black darkness that you come in uh, uh, to class with dead on arrival. And in last night, uh, when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of Rick Trevison's testimony of coming into class and Rick Trevison uh, came into class to uh, uh, disprove it, to save his sisters from uh, this horrible doctrine and Rick is a unique individual. Some of you may know Ricky, <laughs> but uh, Rick uh, was in the Vietnam War. Uh, he was a soldier, etc. And when he came out, he took advantage of the VA, uh, uh, the, the educational uh, credits he could get during the VA. So he was educated in a sense in the world through the actual uh, war combat and stuff. And when he came out, he became educated in the universities. So he had the education of uh, what they call it, uh, the not hard knocks, if you would. And then he had the formal education. And right now in this creation, one form of education is calling the other form of education bad because uh, uh, why would you go and get a degree when you can just learn it in the streets and stuff like that? And so they're creating a division in the mystery of iniquity. Its purpose is to create division. The mystery of righteousness, his purpose is to bring together. It's a long story, uh, but, um, uh, uh, this is the state that we have come from. We have been in Stygian black darkness, where whatever we believed about God was 100% wrong. And we didn't have a right thought. We didn't have a light, L-I-G-H-T, thought at all. Not a single one. We've made that testimony, but this is the reality of it. There was no, no knowledge of Yahweh whatsoever. And in order for Yahweh to make 
his creation know him, he had to create a lighthouse. And that's Yahshua the Messiah is the lighthouse. And what is a lighthouse for? A lighthouse uh, uh, is used when there's these deep, dark, black storms on the ocean and ships are all lost and can be thrashed upon the stones and completely destroyed. And, and, and unless they can see where safe harbor is, and the only way they can see where safe harbor, harbor is, is to see the light. Now watch, a lighthouse doesn't just shine like a lamp in your living room and light up the whole space. You understand? A lighthouse uses a sharp beam of light. It circles that space, circles that space, and you have to wait for it to land on you and you see it and you know it's there and then it's gone again and it circles back and you just keep your eye waiting for it to come back. You can time it, you know it, and you expect it. And each time you realign your ship with that lighthouse so that you continue going in the right place. I posted this picture on Facebook of a lighthouse in the midst of a storm. I posted it last week, oddly enough. Uh, it just ma amazed me. But the, the waves were so huge and dark and black, and they towered right almost to where the light was coming from on this lighthouse. And this lighthouse stood fast and proud at the end of the this this peninsula, uh, shining light for those ships that are out there in, in the sea. And this is Joshua now uh, speaking when someone speaks the Holy Spirit and something hits you about what is said. You've just been hit by that beam of light and it snaps your head like it did Rick. Uh, and Rick heard things and Rick came locked and loaded against this gospel uh, with his college education, with his, his uh, hard knocks, war education. He was Mr. Know-it-all, you understand? And he sat there and his mouth was shut. Now, he didn't know what whether what he was hearing was true or not. He just knew <coughs> he had never heard it before. He had knew it was what they were reading out of the Bible. He knew that what they were reading out of the Bible clicked together. And so he couldn't deny it, but he couldn't see and understand what it had to do with the purpose of God and what his sisters were in. So he left there uh, confused and angry, uh, if you will. And I'm going to check this thing out because this just can't be right. And that's what got him. He went into an independent source and started to check things out. I got about uh, six minutes here. Uh, uh, and uh, and so when he went and looked and saw that in uh, in fact, the things that they taught were right as far as the world concerned, not as far as that class down there was concerned and that Kinley down there was concerned. But it was true out in the world, witnessed out in the world. And he went back and Yahweh had shown a light and hit him right in the forehead with something that lit him up. And as it turned out, uh, what lit him up was the way these nations, etc., come together. These are these ages and dispensations laid out uh, as far as the deception of the mystery of iniquity. This was what matured to be uh, that lighthouse's light. Uh, and uh, you see that light almost every time he gets up on the floor. And each and every one of us uh, have seen something. We've been lit up. And there's that strong single phase of light shining out into the storm of the audience that you are standing in front of, whether it be in a, uh, a, a room like in Florida 
or on Zoom like this, there's an audience and there's light coming from the Holy Spirit, illuminating some aspect of Yahweh's purpose and taking it all the way back to, to the idea that this came from a creator. This came from uh, 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 a sentient being, if you would. We never had that concept of a creator as being uh, 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 thinking sentient. We had the concept of a creator being an old man up above sun, moon, and stars, just like your college professor, maybe, or maybe your master sergeant in the army. And he knew the drill and he shouted out things and you stepped forward and marched to the to that kind of a drum. That's what we had for a creator. We did not have to know anything. We just had to do what we were told. And yet Yahweh is just the opposite. Yahweh does not want you to do what you were told. He wants you to do what you are in you because he's placing in you his spirit of salvation or illumination because salvation and illumination go together because without the illumination, you are cast into, and I picture the uh, Ark of the, uh, uh, Noah's Ark on the bottom of that uh, 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 chart. And uh, that it, the Ark is colored the same way as the water. The water is colored the same way as the water. And the sky is colored pretty much the same way as the sky. And the only thing that outlines it are, are the marks to show you there's a ship and there's a wave and there's that. But the essence of that that, that ship is in is a stygian black darkness. And this is what the mystery of Nick wicked iniquity has cast on us and what we do is we shed light onto the lies we show this is what's in the bible and this is what the mystery of iniquity has said and we don't call it that we just call it this is what man has taught you and then later you finally get a chance to get to show that the man that has taught you this really is uh, the mystery of iniquity who has darkened the hearts and minds of men and so now You've got uh, the leaders of these religions, you see, completely uh, uh, inundated in theories, concepts, and opinions that they hold fast as truth. And yet they were, it is just the, the, the darkness of their own minds uh, making images that do not exist. They are ex nihilo for real the theories, concepts, and opinions of the darkness of their doctrines. And the comfort of finding yourself in a storm, but having a ray of light to lead you someplace where you feel safe is uh, absolutely uh, a glorious gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what these classes are. That's what these ministers who have the Holy Spirit are, is they are leading us out of these waters. And don't think you're clear of these waters yet, not by any stretch of the imagination. That mystery of iniquity, as long as he's stirring things up, see, uh, he's causing you to need, to require, to see this gospel put together by the Holy Spirit, because that's a wow factor look at that bright light. And so uh, that's what I've got to give you tonight. Uh, a little bit of what was in my head last night. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Emler. 
We'd like to thank everybody who joined us today in our Zoom class. And we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream is ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.